because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I want to do horror stuff with my friend. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Shaw. Welcome, everybody, to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good friends over at 247Comedy.com. Make sure you check them out for all your streaming stand-up comedy needs and, uh, yeah, 24-7 number of affiliates. And we're doing it live here, not from the Silver Lake Studios in California. I'm once again on the road this week doing a special remote podcast in my... Well, in the East Coast headquarters, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, my former hometown. Still hometown, I guess. It never uh, unbecomes your uh, hometown, but I'm at my uh, folks' place. I'm here posted up with a special guest host, uh, my main man, Zach. Zach, what's shaking? Yo, what's going down? Not much, Zach. Not much. Uh, Big Z man. Me and uh, Zach go way back. I had you on the uh, podcast a couple times. Do some. Uh, you had a... Uh, you had a running segment for a while there on the uh, when you when we had the call in set up where you would uh, talk about a it was a segment called Townie Talk where uh, it was pretty good. Uh, not too much going on around uh, these parts these days though. Mostly just uh, random acts of violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach was. I I uh, told Zach, hey, you want to come hang out? We'll do a podcast. You know, talk about old times. Uh, you know how we used to smash stuff up in high school, that kind of stuff. You know, our normal antics. And I said, bring on some townie talk. And he just said, well, it's mostly just random acts of violence. And uh, so, yeah, there wasn't any really kind of uh, local heartwarming news that we could talk about. He said there was one, what, there was one story uh, there was involved a uh, armed robbery. Yeah, it was in, uh, it was in Banger. And, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people do basalts up in that area these days. <laughs> and uh, I guess they ordered a couple of guys did the old pizza trick, ordered some pizzas. They robbed the guy of two large pizzas and whatever little cash. I think it was only like 26 bucks or something. <laughs> but three guys needed to pull guns on him for that. So that's the uh, now that I think about that, that is one thing that uh, gets overlooked. All these people that get robbed at gunpoint are oftentimes like the shittiest jobs. You know, it's the guy driving the uh, pizza delivery, the guy, you know, driving the UPS truck, these guys driving these delivery trucks or a person working as a bank teller. Like they, it's not like they're invested in this money, you know, and a lot of times they don't, the guy working at the gas station, the Seven Eleven guy, these guys are making minimum wage and they have a chance of having a gun pulled on them. It's, it's not a great deal. Like at least... At least if you're going to rob a bank, you should be putting your gun to the head of the CEO, like the guy who's making a ton of money. At least like, okay, that guy has a lot to lose. There's a lot on the line. The the people that get robbed are generally the lowest level of employees. Yeah, the, the gas station down the street from my old place, uh, that place got robbed like four or five times in a row. And uh, they put in some type of lock system where like when you came up, you'd go to open the door and they'd have to buzz you in. They're like, oh, this guy, I guess he looks all right, so we'll just buzz him in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's basically a system designed for racial profiling because how else are they going to come up with this? What, are they going to run a background check while you're trying to get in there for a packet of Pall Malls? Yeah. No, of course, they're just going to look at you and go, does this guy look like he has a gun, a.k.a. is he some sort of minority or does he have a lot of tattoos? Yeah, it lasted, honestly, it lasted for a week, and then um, I went down there again to get gas late, and uh, the guy was like, I was like, hey, uh, how come uh, no more buzzer? He goes, nah, I just turned it off, man, it's a lot of work. He goes, I don't feel like keeping an eye on it. I'm like, well, doesn't that make it easier for people to come in and rob you? He's like, between me and you, buddy, I hope this place gets robbed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the thing. The guys, that's the thing. The guys who are getting robbed never have anything invested in whether or not they get robbed or not, which is crazy because sometimes you hear the guys fighting back. Like you see the, um, you ever see the guys unloading the uh, armored trucks? 
Or like they'll be like the guys refilling the ATM. I mean, that's not like a high paying gig, but still they have a gun on them as if they're going to defend this random ATM with their life. No, like, honestly, if you're making 28 grand a year and someone comes and tries to rob an ATM that you're just for your company, you're not going to you're not going to defend Bank of America's ATM with your life. You have nothing invested in it. Does that really what are they going to do? Fire you? Fine. I'm not going to die in a, a gun battle over this ATM of all, everyone else's money. That's ridiculous. Yeah, at least those people at the ATM thing might make some money. The gas stations and like the local six pack shacks around here, oh, they, get yeah. robbed, they don't get any money from it. They yeah, they're money. making minimum wage at best. But I, these other guys, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, maybe they make a little bit more, but still, it's not like a high paying job. And you got to wear a bulletproof vest. I mean, you're not even making you're not even making what a cop makes. Even the robbers aren't getting that much money though, because uh, the one place, the six pack shack that I frequent all the time, said so that place got robbed, and the most they got away with. At any time is like fifty, sixty bucks, but they did steal like a uh, case full of four locos. The last time they were there. he's so like, "What is that retail for on the street? What's the like, street value?" That's got to be like locos. forty bucks for a case, because he's like, "Shit, man, these things aren't cheap." <laughs> I don't know. I think you would have to pay me to rob. Like what? what, (laughs) The incentive of a four loco. I mean, that's I guess you're on four loco when you rob a uh, six pack shack for four loco. Did you ever have a four loco, Zach? Yeah, I did. I they're like we were calling them. uh, We were taking we were drinking them when we were playing softball. They were calling them mindy racers because I drank (laughs) like I'm like, oh, man, the purple one. That sounds good. So I drank like the purple one for, you know, I drank one or two of those. And then all of a sudden, like, I was playing shortstop, and the guy was like, hey, man, are you all right? I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, get me out of here. I'm going to get freaking killed. It, it, tastes like, it tastes like extra strength Robitussin mixed with, you know, like a, uh, a you know, a, a venti red eye from Starbucks. Because you, you get that insane, it, it, yeah, it's just that downer mixed with the upper, and that's uh, that's what's really, I guess kids were going crazy, and. No one can. It, it was so funny that like the fact that uh, people were almost dying and kids are going, you know, blacking out and going on these crazy binges. Really, I feel like that just was the greatest publicity campaign for Four Locos because everyone started reading them in the news, going, "Oh my God, you hear this beer that they're selling? This souped-up, uh, you know, basically Red Bull vodka combination, malt liquor, Red Bull malt liquor combination almost killed a couple people." Hey, I, I, I want to try some. Yeah, they, that's that's exactly how the real, whole reason why the one dude brought it. I mean, the guy's, I, you know, obviously a big drinker, but he was like, hey, man, you hear about all those kids up at Lehigh College that almost died, all four <laughs> locos? I'm like, no, I didn't hear that. And other guy's like, hey, man, we should probably get some of those before they take them <laughs> off the shelves. Well, and then that's the, that, and eventually they did. They had to, like, reformulate their, they didn't take them off completely because that would be un-American. They took them off the shelves and they had to figure out some sort of loophole. I guess that's in the same way that's how they keep the uh, bath salt industry alive for some reason the bath salts they can't really make them illegal because they can all they can do is outlaw a specific chemical compound and then these guys i guess in these these bath salt scientists which i can only imagine what kind of knuckleheads these are but they can just all they do is just change one ingredient or one little molecule here or there and these guys can still get high off the bath salt and then it's still legal. It's insane. Yeah, and weed is still illegal. <laughs> how how are there? How are bath salts consistently still legal and marijuana is illegal? And can we do that same process? Can't they synthesize THC and just slowly like jump around to different formulas? How could we not figure out how to switch the formula of of marijuana enough to keep it legal? But we can do that so easily with bath salts. Yeah, bath salts are crazy, man. I uh, all the all the stories from like Sladington or Banger, like any of the real hick areas. I hardly here, knew her. <laughs> all, all those places have to do with bath salts. Like, you know, you're walking around. Uh, there's a story of a guy walking around in his underwear wielding a machete <laughs> on bath salt. I mean, come on, dude. Seriously. Yeah. No. Who reads that and just like, man, I got to get in on this bath salt craze. This is out of control in the best kind of sense. Yeah, actually, if you if you're in the Bethlehem area looking for bath salts or uh, four locos or anything, shout out to Abe's. I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is, but shout out to Abe's. They're still selling everything. I don't know how they get away with it. <laughs> Abe's. It's the it's an Indian guy, obviously that owns it. So he just doesn't give a shit about anything. He's like, you know what? We're selling it. 
I don't care. <laughs> he's probably, yeah, he's just like, whatever. Hey, if I'm putting my life on the line, I'm at least going to make some money. You guys come in, you <laughs> try and murder me. I'm going to sell some bath salts. I don't care. Wouldn't you, bath salt salesman seems like one of the craziest jobs. Like, if you had a business, would you really... I understand you're going to be making some money, but is it really worth it? Whatever kind of money you're pulling in off the basalt business, is it worth it to have someone come in looking for basalts? Yeah, they're not expensive. I know the couple of some of the kids that I work with, they're only like ten bucks or something like that. You can get a little bit, and I'm, I guess you snort them. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it sounded like at first I thought they were legit basalts, like. You know, if you're uh, if you had a wrestling match or something, you're pretty sore. You used to draw a bath, put in some Epsom salts, and I was like, "Oh man, I have a ton of that." <laughs> Back at my place, I was thinking like, "Oh man, I could repackage that and just you know, kind of corner this bath salt market." But then it turns out it's just some. I guess it's just some way that they, uh, you know, some nickname they use to package it, and um, yeah, it makes no sense to me. Now you. Uh, what have you been up to lately, Zach? I, I texted you earlier today, and you said uh, I didn't hear from you, and I was driving back from Boston. I'll, I'll get into that story in a little bit, but uh, I texted you, and I didn't hear from you at all until like 3 o'clock, and it, the first text I got was, oh, man, I'm so hungover. Yeah, the last night I was on my friend's birthday party, and I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't know how other guys feel that are in their late 20s, early 30s, yep. but dude, I'm getting old. 29, dude. I feel like I'm hitting the wall. I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I last night, I mean, well, actually I do. I kind of remember <laughs> what happened, but I know when I went out, I'm like, you know what? Tonight... I'm not taking any shots, all right? Because I got stuff I got to do tomorrow. <laughs> Done that's with shots. That, that's always the first move of the guy trying to cut back liquor. All right, hey, I'm still going to go out and have a good time, just no shots. Because you, you think like, oh, there's no shots, then I can't get in any trouble. I'll just be drinking beers, but I, I won't. Nothing bad will happen. Yeah, I don't even know how it's possible, but I spent like $27. Like I had 30 bucks. I still had 3 bucks left in my pocket when I woke up. Well, Somehow. $27, especially I mean that's actually a decent uh that's a decent bar tab in in Lehigh Valley. I mean from, you know, in uh in like New York or LA, that's that's hardly anything as far as you know, $6 a beer. That's not not too crazy. Yeah, no, I don't even know honestly what I was drinking later on. I know I start off at a cranberry vodka at another one. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, let's just see what happens here. And then next thing you know, I was breaking up two of my good friends wrestling <laughs> in a parking lot outside of a strip club. And I was like, oh, man, uh, this is not what I wanted to happen. <laughs> How'd the night get here? Well, now you also, especially you, um, being in the uh, mixed martial arts uh, world, Zach uh, does some uh, MMA style fighting, some grappling, jujitsu, the whole nine. So a lot of the guys you hang out with are the guys you train with. And it's just got to be, you know, in the same way I imagine guys who are in any kind of athletes or whatever you do for a living, you know, like I hang out with comedians. When we go out drinking, we start joking around. Whatever it is, inevitably, like you guys practice moves all day and then you start drinking. How do you guys not get into fights? It's nearly impossible because the past three times we went out, there was at least somewhat arguments and the truth is if we're not going to fight other people we're going to fight ourselves <laughs> because that's what happened yesterday the well, guys are just tackling on the ground in like the parking lot and everyone's laughing <laughs> it's like dude wait yeah. what guys hurting each other is always funny my girlfriend asked me she's like how do they how, she's like how does it how does it happen like um what happens when they have to fight each other and I, that question to me was like, I don't know. They just fight each other. Like, yeah, I mean, they don't – I don't know. I imagine – I guess you're in training. You're just sparring. You're not going maybe 100%. But yeah. your your buddies are the guys you feel most comfortable fucking up, you know? Yeah. Well, when you're getting ready for a fight or something, obviously everyone goes a little bit harder. But, I mean, for the most part, you, you beat each other up. And that's kind of how you settle. Like, if you have an argument or, like, you're pissed at each other, it's kind of how you settle it. You just go out there and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> You know, but then some guys get some guys get mad and hold a grudge, and then they'll wait, and then they'll do it. Like you know, before we spar, we always do something else, like either running or you know, you, you got to work out in. You're doing some jump ropes, so you're tired when you spar. So by the time you get to that, you know what a guy will do? Classic move is to uh, half-ass the whole first part. So you you just totally half-ass the cardio part and dog it big time. So that way, when you get to the sparring, the guy that you want to beat up is tired, and you're like, you know what, dude? Remember last week when you <laughs> did that? Now I'm gonna kick the shit out of you, or you wait till 
he's really drunk and you throw him on the ground <laughs> <laughs> into some random person's car outside of a strip club. Either well, one. Well, uh, you went to a uh, local Lehigh Valley staple. What was it? Pig pen? <laughs> yeah, the pig pen, which is a, a shithole bar. I mean, it's not actually. It's a nice place, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of kind of as if the strippers are not degraded enough. They have to work in a place called the pig pen. Oh, no, wait, no, no, that's even funnier if it was. But that's not the strip club. That's oh, the, oh, that's the bar. Oh, yeah, sorry. That is, pig pen's the bar, oh, and that okay. place is it's all right, but it. I mean, the, some, from some one of the girls were a couple wearing, sows yeah. roaming through the pig pen, obviously. <laughs> Well, now, I don't know what strip club you went to, but a couple times we went to a uh, strip club here in the beautiful Lehigh Valley, the Allentown part, which is, uh, as my dad put it, the shithole part of Lehigh Valley. And we went to, uh, it's one of my favorite names for a strip club, and I've heard a lot in my day. Uh, it's called CR Fannies. <laughs> I've been there. That place is terrible. Which <laughs> is, now, was that, uh, I feel like we were there on the same night when we went into CR Fannies and it was also wing night. Yeah, we, and- <laughs> we were there. That was when, that was a, a, fr- a friend of mine, or um, somehow we knew a guy who was renting a limo bus and. I had to go because it was like some type of relation of my um, wife. And you're like, yeah, man. I, I was like, dude, you want to go on it? It's 20 bucks. You're like, for a limo bus around town? Yeah, sure. I'm down with that. Yeah, exactly. It bucks. was just like basically we ended up crashing this dude's bachelor party. And we didn't know any of these guys. And some of them were kind of, uh, you know, hayseed hillbilly guys a little bit, uh, a little more than, uh, you know, us uh, urban city folk. And, uh, yeah, they had some... <laughs> They had some uh, great lines on the bus, and but yeah, we went into we went into the CR Fannies, and I guess it was wing night at CR Fannies, and I'll never forget one of the strippers was eating wings, and had wing sauce all over her exposed breasts, and, was like, <laughs> and it was it was so unsettling because. I love wings and I love breasts, and somehow seeing the wing sauce on the breast just didn't work. It just. It, it it kind of ruined both for me. Yeah, that place just is, temporarily, uh, but still, <laughs> that place is really weird, man. And there was even weird weirder about that is like it was real. Lo- it's real real low lighting, and the one part where they were sitting was just like a spotlight down on her, and and like <laughs> there were two like random like trucker looking guys sitting next to her, and I was like, oh man, this is really weird. <laughs> just get the hell out of here. Yeah, it's almost as if the the lighting was set up to highlight the wing sauce stains on this woman's yeah, exposed. She, she dress. just pounded wings they're probably like <laughs> sweet and sour wings or something the sauce is just dripping you know one of those wing places that just puts too much sauce on like dude it's too too much sauce it's dripping everywhere she's the joey chestnuts yeah. of um competitive eating and exposing her uh breasts for money yeah i doubt cr fanny's has those little nap wet naps i think <laughs> it's like just wipe they're, not, they're shirt. not pushing hygiene at cr fanny's now to be clear it's a giant c a giant r and then the word fannies which is awesome. <laughs> i don't know why cr fannies if fannies is something that my grandma would say you know what i mean like the word fanny is something you say to people who are you know too uptight to ever go to a strip club or ever think of seeing uh, women and paying to see them naked fanny is something that your priest uses in a homily on sunday like that's and to include that in the strip club name, it just uh, the, it's 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 a great strip club name. You know what's even weird about that place is I think it's only a topless bar, so you really don't even see their fanny. So <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> give me my money back. Yeah, exactly. We we barely saw any fannies. I mean, you see some some of the cellulite. You know, I mean, wing night goes hand in hand with some cellulite there at the CR fannies. Not to bring those, uh, not to bring those strippers down. Now, last time uh, we were hanging out for any sort of period, you were out visiting me in Los Angeles. Mutual friend of ours, um, Will, a mutual friend of ours, Will was uh, getting married, so we did a camping bachelor trip party. That was a lot of fun. You and our other buddy, uh, Flad, came out. And you guys hung uh, hung around for a couple days there in uh, Los Angeles. We, uh, you know, got BB guns and just. Drank uh, margaritas, lay by the pool. It was a good time. Now I was thinking about uh, we. One of the days we uh, we got pretty drunk and we went and uh, decided to go see a Dodgers game. Now I uh, I live in Silver Lake, which if you're not familiar with the area, my house is about uh, maybe like two two and a half miles from Dodger Stadium. You could walk to it, but it's it's kind of a hike. So 
we start pre-gaming a little bit at my place, you know, yeah, having some cold ones, getting tuned up for the game. End up taking the bus over to uh, Dodger Stadium, get in there, start having a grand old time, uh, you know, just hanging out. We started playing this. Um, now, I'd never played this game before, but, uh, you know, we were kind of drunk and being loud, and the guy in front of us just, uh, you know, we started becoming friends with him, and he goes, hey, hey, there's this game. There's this game where basically you get an empty beer cup. Everyone that's sitting around in the group puts a dollar in. And then uh, you kind of you kind of pass the cup around basically, and how it works is uh, whenever you have the cup, like whoever guy is uh, is batting, if he gets a hit, uh, then you get to keep whatever money's in the cup. If you don't, if he doesn't get a hit, you put a dollar in the cup and pass it to the next person. Fun little game. The little catch though is that uh, if you're holding the cup full of the dollars. When someone hits a home run, you have to buy a beer for everyone in the group. Now, we had about eight guys in the group, I think eight or nine people playing the game, going around. And, of course, the beer cup lands on our buddy Steve, who is by far, I would say, stands out as far as cheap. Now, now describe his cheapness because it's, like, it's not like he won't do stuff because he's cheap, but he's always kind of – Keeping an eye on the dollar amount, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, he does just, you know, he he makes sure that you always pay him back for stuff, which is fine. But a couple of little things, you never know. <laughs> now I live with him, so I. Yeah, I, now you're yeah. now you're Steve's roommate, so yeah. So I I see it firsthand, but actually it hasn't been that bad. But funny thing is, is he has more money than both of us combined, <laughs> <No>. probably. <laughs> he's doing he's doing all right financially. Yeah. So you know, for, if it was me, if I was in the opposite, I'd be blowing all my money on me and my friends. He's the but, classic you know, guy. Yeah. He's he's the last guy you get the money for the fantasy football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just the guy you have to track down to get the forty dollars for your fantasy football league. Like, dude, just pay me. Like he. <laughs> He has this thing. He has this thing that he does for weddings. Funny when I got married, I'm like, oh, you know, a couple, a couple people you invite. You know, I'm sure there's always like one or two people that like either forget to give you a present or you know one of your buddies from a while ago that like just lost his job. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. If you're not gonna yeah. pay, you're not gonna give me money for. What? I, I don't really care. Some people take it to heart. I obviously didn't take it to heart, but I'm like, oh man, Steve didn't even give me a present. I'm like, he really enjoyed himself at my wedding. So. <laughs> But uh, he has this thing. He tells me later, dude, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't mean to be a jerk, but I don't. I've seen a lot of my friends get married and then get divorced, so I don't give them a wedding present right away. I I, the, I looked it up online. You get at least six months. I'm like, all right, whatever. Dude. And then six months come, and what happens? Well, no, he sent me. He sent me a, uh, a card with a check then, which was cool. But <laughs> that's I don't he, know. What's funnier is that he actually stuck to the six months, or that I thought he was just going to try and blow it off completely. Now he he sticks to it. He sends out. Uh, he does that to everybody. For whatever reason. Well, I yeah, I guess I, I guess the uh, yeah, it's like six months or a year. <laughs> I love how I looked it up online. I lo- I just love that Steve. Well, Steve, you know, he kind of likes to. Bu- he's an admitted bully. He's been yeah. on the program. We had a. If you guys uh, want to enjoy <laughs> want to enjoy hearing an adult bully another adult via or a talk radio show. Um, in the uh, on shantygreen dot com, look up uh, throw bully in the keyword there and, and download that episode because. I had a bullying expert on, and I thought it would be funny to have Steve, who is a gym teacher and an admitted bully, uh, come on and and talk to this bullying expert. And he ends up just bullying the bully expert. Like she starts going, "Well, do you you know? Don't you realize that you're hurting these kids' feelings?" And then he would come back to her, "Well, I mean, you're just looking at all the negative side effects of bullying. There's some positive." She's like, "Okay, like what?" What if a kid is in high school, keeps coming into school with his shoes untied? You start making fun of him to learn how to get his shoes tied. That helps him. That benefits him. What do you think about that? Yeah, <laughs> he definitely found a roundabout way to make make it so that bullying was okay. Yeah, and then the lady kind of started uh, slowly backing down from her point. It, it, was pretty, it was pretty great to see the bullying or to hear the uh, bullying expert get bullied. So he's a, he's a big guy, too. So, I mean, he's not – no one's really bullying. So the – uh, LA trip I figured the best way for me to get back at him because even with my martial arts experience I'm probably it's gonna take I'm gonna take some punishment if I'd ever have to take him down because he's a yeah. big guy so I figured the way I get him back is I just every time we go out I purposely don't get any cash out so I'm like <laughs> oh man I don't have any cash he's like oh dude seriously like you're gonna have to pay me back <laughs> yeah yeah I'll pay you back 
And I did pay him back, but I would just purposely not have cash. The same thing we went on the bus. He's like, I'm like, dude, I'm going to need to borrow a couple bucks. Damn it. All right. All right. I'll get you this one. <laughs> you, you love doing it because you know it's so painful for him. Well, anyway, so this all being said, the uh, cup comes around, a home run gets hit, and it's Steve's turn for to hold the cup. So he has to buy everyone – uh, you know, in our area, a beer. And, you know, obviously we're joking around that Steve's cheap, but he doesn't, he doesn't welch out on a bet, so he did get the beers. I think he got, like, nine beers at $13 a piece. It was, like, $112 or something or 117 I remember. It was, it was an insane amount, and he just brought back, like, nine beers. It was just super pissed off. So once that happened, he started, he started getting really drunk because he was just, like, you don't want to. You don't want to think of yourself as uh, dropping one hundred and thirty dollars at a at a uh, Dodgers baseball game. I mean, especially considering the tickets were like twenty bucks, you end up dropping one hundred and thirty on beer. You're not a you're not a happy camper. So he just he just soaked it up, or uh, you know, sucked it up and uh, was uh, chugging some beers. And then uh, after the uh, after the um, baseball game at Dodger Stadium, they have uh, on the weekends in the summer, especially they have a fireworks display. And what they do is they'll let uh, a lot of people come onto the field and, uh, you know, sit on the field while they shoot off the fireworks display. It's, it's kind of cool. But we were sitting back off the third baseline, and we were sitting in the stands. And now to get onto the field, they wanted you to, like, walk around. I'm sure, you know, they just don't want people getting hurt and hopping over the fence. There are a ton of security people just lined up all over, the, all along the fence, so you don't just hop over. You got to kind of exit and come through this special entrance. Well, Steve sees all these security people. He's undaunted by that and immediately tries to hop over the fence. His uh, foot clips the uh, high part of the railing, tumbles over, lands flat on his face. As soon as he gets up, he's immediately escorted out of Dodger Stadium. Now, the real the real sticking point here is that. Steve did not bring his cell phone to Dodger Stadium. So now my friend who's visiting from uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, has been ejected from Dodger Stadium. He's drunk, and we have literally no way of contacting him. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> he's a, he, when he was about to jump on, I tried to, just to go back to that, I tried to tell him not to, and he's like, dude, I'm getting on the field. My one buddy is really big Dodgers fan, and I want to snatch him up some of the outfield dirt from the warning track. And I was going to tell him he had warning track power. I was like, dude, don't do it, man. I'm like, they already closed off the door. He's like, all right, stop being pussies. We're going on three. One, two. And I was like, dude, don't. And I tried to grab his shirt. He goes over with at least a half a beer, flace plants down. I'm like, oh, he's done for. He's done. Right away, the guy goes, Hey, man, you can't jump over here. You're out. And he goes, dude, my friend pushed me. <laughs> and the guy looks up at us. He goes, yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> He's like three times the size of us. dude. I couldn't push him over the wall like it was Royal Rumble style. But then when he left, he just started plowing through people. I was like, he's never going to find his way back. He's gone. I'm like, yep. he's gone. He was gone. And we just kind of resigned ourselves to the fact that uh, Steve might be gone forever. And uh, we were, and then we went to a bar afterwards, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, what do you do then? Like, we couldn't just roam around Dodger Stadium. Basically, we just went to a bar and hoped for the best. And I guess somehow Steve maybe has a little bit of bloodhound in him, but he he was somehow he just like wandered out onto the street, and then he found sunset and was somehow able to track his way back to my house where he charged his phone for a little bit, called us, asked what bar we were at, came, went to the bar, kept drinking at that bar. Then when we were walking home from that bar, went to the liquor store, got a handle of a uh, mad dog 2020 and then ended up, uh, ended up drinking that. And uh, yeah, it was like that bright, that, that like antifreeze looking uh, mad dog 2020 the blue one. Yeah. Yeah. So he really, he really uh, tied one on there and, and, uh, <laughs> I was like, how'd you make it back? He's like, well, I couldn't just tell him to take me to Sean Green's house. <laughs> I'm like, no, that was probably wouldn't have worked. He seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal to him, though. He got his way back. He's no, like, yeah. Hey, I mean, I would have been freaked out just being in a new city, not knowing where I was. I mean, he, it's not like he had my address memorized or anything or any sort of directions. It was, uh, it was pretty impressive that he was able to find his way back there. Yeah, the next day he didn't say anything to me, but that night he was like, 
dude, you left me. I was like, dude, you jumped on the field. <laughs> I'm like, what do you expect to happen there? Yeah, it's not like you just decided, oh, hey, this is a great time to leave Steve. I'm just going to run away. No, I mean, uh, yeah, he kind of he kind of brought it on himself. Yeah, me being from Philly, I, I immediately thought like, all right, there's no way I'm jumping on this field because, knowing in my head, I just did the math. I'm like, that's like a fifteen hundred dollar fine for jumping on a field. Plus, if they want to charge you with public intoxic- intoxication, <laughs> you can't do that. Around our area, they're t- they're tasing people now for shit like that. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere near the field. I mean, yeah, they have a jail built into every Philadelphia sports complex. Um, what was it? The uh, there was a couple incidents in the past few years. One, yeah, like you said, the guy ran onto the field of the Phillies game. They ended up tracking him down and tasing him, and uh, of course, it went on to went on to uh, become a YouTube celebrity. Yeah, the one that was really uh, disgusting. Now, even as a Philadelphia fan, I, I end up defending Philadelphia sports fans a lot, regardless of whether I think they're right or wrong. But this guy. There was just uh, no defending him. I Is guess this a puke guy. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I guess he was just hanging out, uh, drinking, and I'm sure he was just being rowdy, yelling inappropriate stuff. I mean, I was at a uh, quick sidebar. I was at a game, and I was even getting freaked out just because the guy kept like kicking the back of the seat, like right behind me, and going crazy. And he said he had a season ticket and he could break any seat he wanted to. <laughs> and that was his. That was somehow his logic. Anyway, I guess there was a guy at the, the Phillies game the one time who just got so shit-faced hammered, started yelling out whatever, and I guess, uh, yelling out, I think he was yelling out some curse words, and a guy uh, in front of him turned, him turned around and said, like, basically, uh, hey, can you keep it down, relax, I got some kids here, and instead of throwing a punch at the guy or, you know, pushing him or pouring a beer on him, this guy decided to up the ante and pulled the trigger by basically it, making himself gag and throw up onto the guy and the kids in front of him. Oh, man. So that was that was front page news as far as a uh, despicable Philly fan behavior. And not that you really feel bad for this guy. But uh, he didn't catch a break because it turned out the guy that he threw up on, or basically him and his family, was an off-duty police officer. <laughs> so <laughs> you, the the mugshot of that guy is hilarious. When they show the guy, he looks clearly disheveled and and like he'd been drinking all night. And then his one eye, he just has a huge black eye. So the guy socked him once at least. So. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And he, if he didn't sock him, I'm sure the guys. <laughs> guys arresting him socked him you know when the when they start explaining like put it this way if you get into a an incident and you get in a drunken public with another guy and then the cops come over and start asking what happened and then the other guy flashes his badge and explains that he's an officer you've really lost all credibility there in that argument yeah and usually in philly they let they let fights go on for a while oh yeah they'll let shit go on and they'll be like all right all right once someone starts really getting hurt or isn't defending himself they're like all right the fight's over so like security guards step in like they're the referee and just it's over they (laughs) just call the fight all right both of you guys are going to jail but you won the fight yeah it's like in the nhl they'll let it go they'll let the guys uh but wait basically once the fight's been decided then they kind of have to pull each other apart i'll never forget another philly sports event my dad my uncle my i think my uncle uh snuck in a flask and so you know we started uh drinking a lot of whiskey at the game and uh during halftime we were going around uh checking out the chicken and pizza that they got there it's a uh it's a Philly staple. They got cheesesteaks, crab fries, the whole nine. And my dad and my uncle started kind of tussling. Next thing you know, I mean, they're not the most agile of beasts. And uh, one, I think my dad or my uncle takes a tumble, and then they're on top of each other, like rolling around on a cement pavilion floor. Two security guards rush over. I just stand right in front of them. I go, it's all right, man. They're brothers. And then the security guard just like I nods know. his head and just walks away thinking, hey, that's how they settle things. Speaking of my dad, I, I was, uh, you know, back here, back east and um, hang, hanging out with the family. And um, part of uh, part of Bethlehem, you know, we used to have uh, Bethlehem Steel. And they totally redone the Bethlehem Steel. Basically, you know, it was just all these old rotting steel buildings. So they put this... Uh, 
basically this new Sands uh, event center. The uh, They built a casino, too. Sands Casino. They built the Sands Casino. They built this thing called the Arts Quest. It's basically like these museums, all these performing arts area. The whole basically turned into this whole pretty cool like shopping culture events. You were there recently watching an MMA fight. Yeah, it's really cool down there. A lot yeah. of Asians, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I don't know why. All right, yeah. Well, let's stay on this sidebar because <laughs> I went and uh, hung out with you guys the other night at the Sands Casino, and you go. Oh, uh, as we were as we were walking around, you're like, yeah, this is where uh, Steve got all those pictures of the sleeping Asians. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, that quote is pretty funny, but especially not getting any sort of context that uh, he got pictures of all those sleeping Asians. Now, this is it's an interesting dynamic <laughs> because prior to the installation of the casino, the Asian uh, American population in the Lehigh Valley was. Next to nil. I mean, Zach, growing up, how many Asian people did you see? Yeah, none, really. I mean, unless you went to the Hard Walk Buffet. And yeah. He, I, or even in school, I mean, we had, like, what, Pete Ruggiero? Yeah, <laughs> there was, like, it. yeah, there was, like, maybe one or two people. Honestly, like, the people that were Asian in our high school were adopted or they were half Asian, half something else. Like, there was not... For whatever reason, there's not a lot of uh, Asian people in the Lehigh Valley. We built this casino, and now they're just literally bringing them into the casino by the busload. They just pull up. There's another busload of Asian people just who just love gambling. It's it's a huge part of their culture. They love doing it. And um, it, now the now to describe. Well, first off, he now steve we were talking about earlier but steve took all these pictures i forget what he posted maybe on facebook or whatever yeah he has a whole folder set up <laughs> called sleepy asians <laughs> i don't know why I, yeah he goes through phases of uh different photography bizarre photography he was he was uh early on the mullet craze he was just catching a lot of people's mullets the sleepy asian folder i don't know where that came in but they are it is just funny to see I mean, just pictures of people sleeping in public is, is pretty funny in general. Now, what has happened is, I don't know why they have this, but they have this beautiful Sands uh, Casino, this whole nice event center, whatever. And then out just outside of it, there's this little kind of dingy room with some crummy chairs and that's where the bus station is. Now, I guess what happens is these guys, uh, you know, the big group of, of uh, Asian people playing at the casino, they get cleaned out or whatever, I imagine. And then they go and they just take a nap and wait for their bus. So you just see this little waiting room completely packed to the brim with uh, Asian people just sleeping in public. It's this bizarre. Yeah, it's really weird. I was talking to one of the um, manager, bar manager guys down there, and he was saying that uh, – what they do is they come for like uh, three days with no place to stay. They just show up. And oh, then really? Like, oh. Yeah, and so they'll that room is like where they sleep. So they'll come with like a little bag of their money or whatever. A lot of them, I mean, you see a lot playing the penny machines, but they're not out really gambling. Although now, though, they did open up like a lot of weird um, Asian like card games. Pie gal? Yeah, like I don't, well, there's that. But then there's a whole bunch of other ones that make no sense with like dice and like there's a spinning wheel and like you can't even get into those games, man. <laughs> <laughs> they have it, uh, yeah, Mahjong and stuff like that. Yeah, they, it's it's pretty weird though seeing them down. They, um, uh, my my girl's two sisters work in the food court area, and um, they were telling me some funny stories that uh, they just they're like, okay, because uh, everything's numbered. They're like, you want number one or number two? And they're like, two, two, two. Okay, number two. No, 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 one, 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 one. And they just keep changing their mind. <laughs> and they really love. Like they had to. I, I was down there eating, and I'm like. Man, where the hell are the napkins, man? I'm like, where are the napkins? They're like, oh, we had to take them away from the outside portion here. I'm like, why is that? Oh, because the Asians steal them. They steal napkins, toilet paper. They had to take the um, paper towel holders out and put in the things that blow dry your hands because they just steal rolls of toilet paper. Like, they caught a guy. There was a guy, I guess, stealing. He stole a ticket. Um, like someone's uh, money ticket or whatever, winning ticket. Yeah. And um, he was walking around with it. And obviously everything's on camera. So they caught the guy. And in his, when they searched his book bag, they found like 19 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> so I really don't know what they're doing with all that paper. But I, I think we'd need to start looking into that because I think they're trying to turn on us. Man. Well, you never know. It could be a cultural thing. Uh, somehow they think it's good luck to steal toilet paper. Zach, you can't judge. You can't judge their unique culture. 
No, I do a lot of weird things, so I guess they got <laughs> they got their thing going. No, it just seems like I, I don't know. I get I it's the same. Maybe it's the same way we do when uh, we go to a casino and you lose money. You're like, oh, I lost seventy five dollars playing blackjack, but then uh, oh, I ordered fifteen rum and coke, so five dollars a piece. I'm even. Maybe the yeah. Asian guys do that with the toilet paper. Hey, I lost four dollars at the penny slots. Now I take five rolls of toilet paper. I'm winning. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's good. I never I never thought of that. <laughs> Maybe they're just doing some uh, math there. Okay, so now I don't. For whatever reason, my dad was talking about the uh, the event center and what was going on there recently, and he starts uh, he starts off. He goes, uh, "Oh, hey, you see Cheryl Crow's playing." Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that though. I don't know about Cheryl Crow playing. I guess last time she was supposed to come and play, she ended up canceling. Because she was supposed to play uh, a few years back. Yeah, she ended up canceling. She had to do something in New York City. <laughs> yeah, I guess she had something better to do than come hang out in Bethlehem and play for us. Oh, now I guess her career's not doing so well. She comes groveling back. Well, I don't want her there. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not going to the Sheryl Crow concert. And they were like, Dad, you weren't even going to go to the Sheryl Crow concert? It's not like my dad's a Sheryl Crow fan or would go to the concert uh, under any circumstance. We're like, Dad, you weren't going to go anyway. Yeah, well, now I'm definitely not going to go because she thinks she's better than us. She's one of those New York types. <laughs> and he goes, it upset a lot of the locals. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the the people around town were devastated. And my dad just kept trying to rationalize that he wasn't the only one who was randomly upset that Cheryl Crow, for whatever reason, had to cancel a concert five years ago and do a gig in New York instead. But, yeah, speaking of uh, New York, it's, uh, yeah, I was out there uh, doing some shows, did some uh, stand-up shows this past week. New York, man, I don't know what it is. New York just, uh, I don't think I could ever live there or just... Maybe it's just because every time I go there, I'm on vacation. But, man, every time I go to New York, it just kicks my ass. I don't know about you, but just the way things are set up and uh, it's just easy to, like, drink a lot. The bars are open late. You never have to worry about driving. You're just walking around, taking the subway. There's a ton of great food. There's pizza everywhere you go. Everything's expensive. I feel like every time I go to New York... I eat a ton of food, I stay out really late, spend a lot of money I shouldn't spend, and then end up throwing up the next morning. I'm just like, ah, New York, you did it again, and then I just take a long bus ride back. Yeah, New York is, I could never live there. I and there's, deal with it. New York is, it, it, every day is garbage day. There's just garbage everywhere, and there, I, I love... I love the city itself. Like, it's a cool thing to visit and hang out. But, man, just, like, being – there's so many fucking people. It's it's uh, it's overwhelming. Yeah, the last, the last time we were there was for um, Chris's uh, – for Thompson's, um, like, bachelor party type thing. Yeah, our and buddy I, had a bachelor party. Yeah, the whole way home, I was just throwing up in a, a bag on a bus <laughs> on the way home. And I was like, oh, man, this is <laughs> – New York, screw New York. (laughs) It's too intense, man. It's just, uh, it's a grind. And um, the place we stayed at, we ended up, uh, me and my girlfriend ended up staying at this place. Now, her mom got the hotel, so I, you know, it was, that was cool that she, uh, yeah, she um, helped us out with the, like, renting a hotel for a couple of nights. But uh, it was, it was, uh, now it was this French hotel for some reason. It had this nautical theme. For some, and it was like the whole idea was like, oh, hey, you're on a ship, and you go into the room, and I shit you not, the room is when we checked in, they're like two people in a single room. the The room was fifty square feet total, and that was so it's like five feet by ten feet, like literally, it was like a cabin, like a bunk on a ship, and it was this tiny ass. Uh, thing. I mean, it was it was it was still a nice hotel, but. My God, man, it's just New York. The space is at such a premium. You're just on top of people. Like, I just need some need some space. I need to just stretch out. You yeah, I, see, I don't know if I could deal with just being so like packed in with all those people all the time. And you get all these weird smells from New York, too, man. <laughs> like, you're, like, standing next to people, and you're like, oh, what is that? Yeah, garbage and urination and just random vomit and urine. Just, yeah, it's a it's a rat race, man. It's, it's a little too intense. And then I kind of experienced the complete opposite. I went up to um, – that was basically where I came back and did some shows in New York and then went to this wedding up in Maine, which it was a crazy – I mean – 
Maine from uh, where I'm staying, my my folks' house is like eight nine hours each way. So it was an intense drive up and there and back. I mean, not intense, but just it's a lot of time to spend in a car. Like we did it over, basically drove eight hours up and then you know came back uh, the next day for this one wedding. And the we- the wedding was fun. It was a nice. Like, the people that were getting married were really, uh, you know, it was like a, a class act. Like, it was right on the, uh, there was like a lighthouse in the background. It was like right on kind of the rocky coast of Maine. Now, we're sitting out there. It's this beautiful night. or It's like late afternoon, whatever, evening. And you're hanging out there. There's some seagulls going around. And then they start the ceremony. Obviously, the guys aren't uh, mic'd or anything. It was like a rabbi and a priest because they were mixed religiously. And, uh, you know, they're doing the whole ceremony, the whole nine. And then you just hear, honk, honk, honk. There's a guy in the lighthouse parking lot just laying on the horn. I don't know who he was honking at or what was going on. So now I'm in the last row. I don't know anyone at this wedding as my girlfriend's friends. So I was just like, all right, I'm going to do something about this. So I turn around. I start marching back to the uh, parking lot. And then just as I get up there, kind of without, you know, no one can see where I'm at. The honking immediately start or stops. So now I walk back to the wedding, sit back down. And then immediately after the wedding ends, everyone comes up to me like, whoa, man, you really took care of business. What would you say to that guy? I'm like, oh, yeah, I told him uh, they got a ceremony going on. You don't mess with love like that. I, I explained it to him. Yeah, I straightened him out. Oh, wow. That's oh, thank you so much, man. You're awesome. Like, I was so great of you to take care of that. I was almost going to take care of that. But, you know, I was I was one of the groomsmen. I was I was right up there. I couldn't take. Oh, my God. Like everyone noticed. It was just uh People are, like, pounding me on the back, like, giving me these big bear hugs. That's a great way to kind of introduce yourself to a uh, a group. Just act like you're the guy who took care of something like that. I like doing that when, um like, I get, like, a bill for something. They, like, clearly, like, we went out to eat, and, like, they clearly messed up the bill. It should have been over 100 bucks. It turns out it was only, like, 26 or $25. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, guys? I got this one. Like, oh, wow, he's paying no, for everything. Zach, oh, he no. must be doing really good. I'm like, guys, listen, you know, a couple bonuses of work. I'll take care of this one, all right? <laughs> wow, he's doing good. I'm like, shit, man, I don't even know if I got 25 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even the, even the adjusted bill, you're still kind of. Yeah, they're not getting a tip either way. <laughs> Either way, either way, they're in trouble with the uh, with the tip there. So yeah, got, got back from Boston and uh, well, oh actually, so yeah, the people that got married were very uh, well to do. Like it seemed like everyone there for the most part. I mean, a lot of uh, in the speeches, a lot of anecdotes about guys having times at boarding school and stuff like that. So you you kind of got the sense of like, okay, this is some old money, whatever. Hey, God bless them. Um, and we're hanging out there. And uh, speaking of Asians, there was this Asian guy there, and he was the only Asian guy at the wedding. So he, he stood out a little bit, and he was sitting right next to me. And uh, I, you know, he wasn't there. He didn't have a date, and he wasn't speaking a lot. And then slowly, you know, the guy's next to me. He started up a conversation. I'm like, "Hey, man, what's uh, what's your deal? You know, how do you know these people? Blah blah blah." And he goes, uh, "Trek, trekking." And I was like, oh, is this guy into Star Trek? Like, if that was honestly <laughs> my first thing. Like, oh, okay, this guy's a trekker, and yeah, he's trekking, and this is a big Star Trek nerd. And then he says, I'm from Nepal. And I'm like, Nepal? Oh, my God, how the, how the hell did you get out here? And then it comes, you know, like, slowly I'm getting bits and pieces because he's, he's speaking you know, pretty good English, but not – it's still like there's – you can tell some stuff's getting lost in translation. He spoke Klingon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a Star Trek joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, no, it turns out he was their Sherpa. So, you know, like that they were kind of that wealthy that they had a Sherpa at their wedding or they were good friends with the Sherpa. You know, you go over to like Nepal or you go on these like crazy expeditions. You hire some local guy, some Sherpa to like haul your gear up and make sure you don't die of uh, altitude poisoning. And, and they, this, wait, they flew the guy in for the wedding? Too? I, you know, I don't know. He, he kept saying very good to me and blah, blah. Like, I, it, it was hard to get a full story out of the guy, but it was so funny. So everyone went up, did their speeches, you know, like best man, father of the bride, that whole thing. 
start the music up back again. And then this guy, I don't know what he did. He must have talked to someone uh, there and said, like, hey, can I go up there and do a speech too? <laughs> and they're like, all right. So he goes up and uh, gives this speech in, bro- you know, it's kind of his broken English. And, uh, oh, my God, dude. Every- he he killed. He destroyed. Like, everyone was laughing so hard because he was just going up there. And he's like, ah, Jamie, I love him. He'd do the thing and, you know, and then he he come out and we go, hey, he wants to go on Trek. So we go on Trek and then he try and kill me. <laughs> like he kept coming back to and then he try and kill me. Like it must have been a translation thing, but he kept repeating the phrase. He tried to kill me. And every time he did that, oh, it was just uh, gut busting laughter. One more uh, really funny thing was this. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. There was a uh, there was a woman who was uh, you know she was uh, pregnant seven months pregnant and uh, you know so she was kind of like real self conscious about she was uh, one of the bridesmaids or whatever so she was kind of self conscious about being that pregnant in a uh, you know in a wedding and uh, so finally towards the end of the night people like kind of rallied around and got her out on the dance floor and the dance the song she ended up dancing to was. Uh, Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice. And uh, now that's funny enough, just a, a pregnant lady dancing to Snoop Dogg Gin and Juice. But the her husband was just behind her, just like just grinding on her really heavily and just get, like rubbing the uh, rubbing the, the pregnant belly and just being like really intensely uh, dancing to uh, Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice. So that kid is going to be scarred for life. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, and I, I'll never forget, as basically as we were leaving the wedding, there the uh, the Sherpa was just pumping his fist. I think they'd played like Journey or something to, to wrap the wedding up, and he was just grinning ear to ear and just pumping his fist, loving America and uh, having a great time at the wedding. All right, Zach, speaking of a great time, I think it's about time to wrap things up. I got to get back on a flight, get back to L.A., Get back to the city of Los Angeles. Anything uh, Anything you want to promote, Zach? Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> you know, Bethlehem, stay up. Our hometown. All right. About it. Good times, guys. And, uh, yeah, I'll be getting back to Los Angeles. Got some stand-up dates coming up. Make sure you check out the website. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it live here every week on ShantiGreen.com. Thank you for listening to The Green. Log on to com to access archive episodes and follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also check out documentarylabel.com. But he's seen her walk by in them tight jeans and he looked at her like that's my queen.